Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Liu Daqun. I'm a judge in the United Nations Residual Mechanism for International Tribunals. Today, I'm going to talk about international crimes. The notion of international crime is a collective term for certain extremely serious violations of international law. The concept could be traced back to 2,000 years ago when Marcus Cicero in ancient Rome pointed out that the piracy is the common enemy of mankind, which means that the piracy is one of the international crimes against the human beings. In the contemporary time, the concept of international crimes gained general acceptance in international community. A series of legal documents, such as the Convention Respecting the Laws and the Customs of War on Land, adopted at the Hague Peace Conference in 1899 and 1907, put war crime into the category of international crimes. After World War II, Charter of the International Military Tribunal and the Charter of International Military Tribunal for Far East include crime against the peace, war crime, crimes against the humanity as the punishable crimes in international law. The Rome Statute of International Criminal Court also listed genocide, war crime, crimes against the humanity, and the crime of aggression as core crimes under its jurisdiction. However, there is still no all agreed and unified definition. Based on the practice of international law and the international criminal tribunals, as well as the publications of the jurists in international criminal law, the concept includes the following characteristics. First, the, gra the gravity of the gravity of the international crimes are far more than ordinary crimes in domestic laws. For instance, in the genocide in Rwanda, 700,000 people lost their lives within 100 days, which means 7,000 victims every day. The killing are far more efficient than those in the Nazi concentration camps in World War II. Secondly, international crimes seriously violate the fundamental value and the interest protected by international law, posing greater threat to international peace, security, and the well-being of the world. In Rwanda genocide, although the direct victims are Tutsis, actually the crime are directed against everybody in the world. Since if genocide is not prevented and punished, everybody could be the next direct victim. Thirdly, the norms of international crimes emanate from international treaties and from the customary international law. Some of the rules have become used organs or peremptory norms of international law, which should not be derogated in any circumstances, especially not in the excuse of domestic law. International crimes are of concern of the international community. No state in the world could take the risk to publicly promote, support, aid and abet, or encourage in international crimes.
Fourthly, international crimes are committed by individuals, so individual criminal responsibilities should be addressed. There is still no definite answer on whether a state could commit international crimes. The primary responsibility to investigate and prosecute those heinous crimes falls upon national authorities. As a complementary measure, the mixed court with the domestic and international elements, the international criminal tribunals, such as the International Criminal Tribunal for former Yugoslavia and the International Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda, and the International Criminal Court also have the jurisdiction on such international crimes. The major difference between international crimes and the transboundary crimes lies in the fact that transboundary crimes are based on the geographic standard. So long as the crime involves another state, it could be a transboundary crime. International crimes are based on the nature of the crimes. If a crime only occurred within the boundary of one, one state, it could also be regarded as an international crime. If the crime has arisen the concern of the international community by violating the common value, basic interest, and the human rights. For instance, although the genocide occurred within the boundaries of Rwanda, it is still an international crime. In domestic jurisdictions, the head of state, the prime ministers, or other governmental officials may enjoy immunity. However, when they are prosecuted for international crimes before international tribunals, the immunity are not applicable, which is a breakthrough to traditional international law and has become a rule in customary international law. In the constituency of the crime, generally speaking, the crime in domestic law only required actus rea and mens rea. For international crimes, not only actus rea and mens rea are needed, but also require the contextual elements. For instance, Crime against humanity have to take place during the widespread and systematic attack against the civilian population. The war crime has to be connected to armed conflict. Crime of aggression should be established only when the state of which the accused is a national committed the aggressive acts. The crime of genocide must take place in the context of a manifest pattern of the similar conduct directed against the protected groups, or was the conduct that could itself affect such destruction. As for another difference with the domestic law, the international crime have no statute of limitation. In order to preserve the stability of a society, in most of the states, there are statute of limitation for prosecution, at most for 20 years in the domestic laws. After that period of time, no matter how serious the crime is, it could not be prosecuted. On the 26th November 1968, the United Nations General Assembly adopted a convention on the non-applicability of the statutory limitations to war crimes and the crimes against humanity. If a person committed an international crime, 
and he is still alive. His individual criminal responsibility has to be addressed. Staff working in the concentration camp in Nazi Germany are still being prosecuted, even after almost 70 years. Recently, a Rwanda genocide fugitive, Kaishima, has been arrested in South Africa after hiding for more than 22 years. According to customary international law, international crimes may also include piracy, slavery, torture, terrorism, and financing terrorist activities. Today, we only focus on the core crimes of international crimes. That is genocide, war crime, crime against humanity, and the crime of aggression. Genocide. In history, destruction of a specific human group existed for a long time. But the word genocide only appeared after World War II. Raphael Lemkin, a Polish lawyer, is best known for the coining the term genocide and initiating the Genocide Convention. In Greek, geno means family, clan, tribe, race, stock, while in Latin, cider means killing or destruction. He put the two words together and created the term of genocide. Lamkin was known as the father of genocide convention. He presented a draft resolution for the genocide convention to the United Nations. On the 11th December 1946, the first session of the United Nations General Assembly adopted the resolution 96-1, which states, Genocide is a denial of the right of existence of entire human groups. As a homicide is a denial of the right of the, to live for individual human beings. Such a denial of the right of existence shocks the conscience of mankind, results in great losses to humanity in the form of the cultural and other contributions presented by those human groups and is contrary to moral law and to the spirit and the aims of the United Nations. The resolution affirms that genocide is a crime under international law, which the civilized world condemns, and for commission of which principles and accomplices, whether private, individual, public officials, or statesmen, and whether the crime is committed on religious, racial, political, and other grounds are punishable. After that time, United Nations was just established with so many urgent issues to deal with. But the first International Convention for Protection of the Human Rights adopted by the United Nations is the Convention on the Prevention and the Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. Its adoption affirms genocide is a punishable crime in international law, which marks a crucial step forward, the civilization of mankind and the major development of international law and the international human rights law. Within less than five months after the Genocide Convention came into force, International Court of Justice delivered its adversary opinion concerning the question 
of reservation of the Genocide Convention, which declares that any reservation could not go against the purpose and the aims of the Convention. The prevention and the punishment of genocide has become a use Cogan rule in international law. Any state could not derogate the purpose and the aim of the Convention under the protects of its domestic law. Any states, no matter what its political system, stage of economic, religious, and cultural tradition, shall not violate the norms of use Cogan and not to engage or support any acts of genocide. In the past 70 years since the adoption of the Genocide Convention, more than 140 states have become the contracting party. The most statutes of the international criminal tribunals also embodied the definition of the genocide, which also appeared in many domestic laws. On 2nd September 1998, after half century of the adoption of the Genocide Convention, the International Criminal Court for Rwanda tried the first case on the crime of genocide and elaborated on the access rail and the mens rail of genocide. In 2001, the trial chamber of the ICTY also declared that the massacre in Sabrenica constitutes genocide. The genocide in Sabrenica was also recognized by the International Court of Justice in the case of the application of the Convention. Article 2 of the Genocide Convention stipulates that genocide means any of the following acts committed with intent to destroy in whole and in part a national, ethnical, racial, and religious group. The group listed in the Convention is exhaustive, does not include the political, economic, cultural, and linguistic groups, and is only limited to the physical and the biological destruction of the protected groups. Five criminal activities are listed under the crime of genocide in this article. A, killing members of the group. B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group. C, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole and in part. D, imposing measures intended to prevent the birth within the group. E, forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. The crime of genocide is a crime of crimes with malicious intent which includes two aspects, general in intent and special intent. General intent means that the accused is expecting or has the knowledge of the occurrence of the crime. It does not require to prove the further intent or purpose. The special intent means that the accused is aiming to reach the result of his genocidal activities with the knowledge of the victim belonging to the specific group. The crime of genocide does not require that all the people in the specific group has been killed, but the court has to prove the accused has a specific intent to distract in whole or in part a national, ethnical, racial, and religious group. Genocide Convention also 
enumerates the inchoate crimes. For those crimes, there's no need to prove the result, such as conspiracy, direct and public incitement, attempt, and complicity. Even if the genocide does not happen, if the accused engages in the above activities, he or she will be punished by law. Inchoate crime are of vital importance in preventing the crime of genocide. Article 9 of the Genocide Convention states that disputes between the contracting parties relating to the interpretation, application, fulfillment of the present convention, including those relating to the responsibility of a state for genocide or for any other acts enumerated in Article 3, shall be submitted to the International Court of Justice at the request of any of the parties to the dispute. This article implicates the state responsibility in committing the crime of genocide. In the case of the application of the Genocide Convention, the International Court of Justice does not deny the possibility for state responsibility if a state commits genocide. The court found that a state should take responsibility for failing to prevent or to punish the crime of genocide. Two, war, war crime. War crime means a serious violation. The laws and the customs in the international humanitarian law applicable in armed conflicts. War crime does not mean that it is a criminal act to initiate or engage in war. War crime is only related to just in battle, not just at battle. That is to say, war crime has nothing to do with the nature of the war. So in a just war, there might be war crimes. And in an unjust war, the war crime may not occur. The, punish the punishment of war crime has a long history, but mainly regulated by domestic legislations. The contemporary legal basis for punishment of the war crime starts from the Hague Convention in 1899 and 1907, and the Geneva Convention after World War II. The Hague Convention regulates the conduct of warfare and the means employed in war. Violation of the Hague Convention may lead to war crimes, such as using weapons with larger-scale destruction forces, employing weapons, projectiles, materials, and the methods of the warfare, which are of nature of causing superfluous injury or unnecessary sufferings, employing chemical or poisoned weapons, starvation as a mean of warfare, and declaring that no quarter will be given. The Geneva Conventions, including four Geneva Conventions and three additional protocols, aim at protection of the protected person and the subjects, such as the prohibition of the willful killing of the civilians and those taking no active part in armed conflicts, peacekeepers, the wounded and the sick, prohibition of rape and other sexual violence, unlawful deportation and confinement, attacking and bombard town, towns, villages, dwellings and buildings for religious and cultural purpose, which are undefended, 
attacking power stations, dams, and the nuclear facilities. During the Nuremberg trial and the Tokyo trial, war crime was identified as a punishable crime in international law. Later on, war crime is included in all the statutes of the international tribunals. Geneva Convention divided armed conflicts into two categories, international armed conflicts and non-international armed conflicts, applying different legal regimes. In international armed conflicts, only those acts violating the common Article 3 and articles of grave breaches in Geneva Convention constitute a war crime. Common Article 3 of Geneva Convention lay out the basic requirements for the acts in the armed conflicts and has become a rule of the customary international law. In any circumstances, all the states, no matter they are the contracting parties or not, have to comply with the Common Article 3, which stipulates that the following acts are and shall prohibited at any time and in any place whatsoever with respect to the protected persons. A. Violence to life and person, in particular murder of all kinds, mutilation, cruel treatment, and torture. B. Taking of hostages. C. Outrage upon personal dignity, in particular humiliating and degrading treatment. D. Passing of the sentences and carrying out executions without a previous judgment pronounced by a regularly constituted court, affording all the judicial guarantees which are recognized as indispensable by the civilized people. The crime of grave breaches could be found in Article 50 of the First Geneva Convention, Article 51 of the Second Geneva Convention, after 130 of the Third Geneva Convention, and Article 147 of the Fourth Geneva Convention. Common Article 3 of the Geneva Convention and Additional Protocol 2 are applicable to non-international armed conflicts. Non-international armed conflicts do not include the situation of internal disturbances and the tensions such as riots, isolated and uh, sporadic acts of the violence or other acts of the similar nature. The war crime for non-international armed conflicts in Rome Statute apply to armed conflicts that took place in the territory of a state when there is a protracted armed conflict between the governmental authority and the organized armed groups, or between such groups. Frankly speaking, the distinguish of the international armed conflicts and the non-international armed conflicts applying different laws is not reasonable. Since the non-international armed conflicts are now more frequent and more serious, and there are a lot, much more crimes occurred. At present, the contracting parties to the Rome Statute are trying to narrow the gap by the amendment of the statutes. Three, crimes against humanity. Crimes against humanity mean any act listed in Article 7 of the Rome Statute when committed as a part of the widespread and systematic attack directed against the civilian population with the knowledge of this attack. 
comparing with other international crimes, crimes against humanity have not been codified in any international convention. The crime against humanity has its foundation in the customary international law and the customs. Just because of this, the various statutes of international criminal tribunals have different requirements for this crime. As the first international legal document to punish crimes against humanity, the Nuremberg Charter required the crime against humanity must have a nexus to armed conflict. The same are true for the Tokyo Charter and ICTY statute. While the statute of ICTR requires crimes against humanity must have a discriminative intent, although it is the first legal document to stipulate that crime against humanity should take place in connection with the widespread and systematic attack against the civilian populations. Along with the development of the international criminal law, international criminal tribunals in their respective judicial practice have made new interpretations of the requirement. ICTY trial chamber has pointed out the linkage with the armed conflict is a jurisdictional requirement, not an ingredient of the crime, which implies the possibility that even in the peacetime, any serious violation of the human rights could constitute crime against humanity. Based on the same reasoning, the ICTR trial chamber also pronounced that discriminative intent is not a constituent element for crimes against humanity. The Rome Statute unified the contextual elements, disconnecting the linkage with armed conflicts and the discriminative intent but requiring the crime against humanity should be pursued to or in furtherance of a state or organizational policy. Policy to commit such attack requires that the state or organization actively promote or encourage such attack against the civilian population. The specific, specific crimes and the crime against humanity in Rome statute has been extended from murder, extermination, enslavement, deportation, or forcible transport of population, other inhumane acts, and the persecution in the Nuremberg Charter to unlawful confinement, torture, rape, enforced disappearance, and the crime of apartheid. The Rome Statute also interpreted the widespread means larger scale to committed act with multiple victims, or the acts taking place in many places with cumulative effect. Systematic means the perpetrator have the organizational structure and act according to a plan, which does not require that the perpetrators have a legal or stable organization, or detailed blueprint to commit the crime. Attack against the civilian population need not to be military attack. It includes non-violent or psychological attacks. Fourth, crime of aggression. Crime of aggression was first recognized in the statute of the Nuremberg Charter as crime against the peace. Article 61 of the statute provides that 
crime against the peace, namely planning, preparation, initiation, or waging of a war of aggression, or a war in violation of international treaties, agreements, or assurances, or participation in the common plan or conspiracy for accomplishment of any of the foregoing. On the 14th December 1974, the United Nations General Assembly adopted Resolution 3314, crystallizes the definition of the crime of aggression. Although Article 5 of the Rome Statute have crime of aggression in place, there was just not enough time to draft the detailed definition and procedures when the Rome Statute was adopted in 1998. After more than 10 years' effort, the contracting parties adopted the amendments by adding articles on the crime of aggression in the review conference in 2010. The Rome Statutes distinguish the act of aggression by a state and the crime of aggression committed by an individual. The prerequisite for crime of aggression is that only if the state of which the accused is a national have committed an aggressive act could the accused be convicted the crime. An individual could not commit crime of aggression without the involvement of the state. According to the Rome Statute, the act of aggression means use of armed forces by a state against the sovereignty, territorial integrity, political independence of another state, or in any other manner inconsistent with the Charter of the United Nations. This shows clearly the jurisdiction of the ICC only addresses the most serious armed conflicts between the states, excluding border clashes, small-scale military actions, self-defense, and the military actions authorized by the United Nations Security Council. It also shows that the crime of aggression does not include so-called cultural, economic, religious, and ideological aggression. The Security Council itself has the authority to determine whether an act of aggression has been committed. The prosecutor must follow the Security Council's de decisions and should allow the Security Council six months to make a determination. Where the Security Council has made a determination that an act of aggression has been committed, the prosecutor may proceed with the investigation. If such a determination is not made within six months, the prosecutor may still proceed with the investigation, but only with the authorization of the pretrial chamber of the ICC. The Rome Statute contains an exhaustible list of the state of aggression since the United Nations Security Council may determine that other acts constitute aggression under the provisions of the Charter. Any acts, regardless of the declaration of war, shall in accordance with the United Nations General Assembly Resolution 3314, qualified as an act of aggression, such as invasion, military occupation, annexation by the use of the force, bombardment, or military blockade of ports beyond the 
the termination of agreement, the army forces still remained in other states' territory, allowing another state to use its own territory to attack against the third state. The standing by, or on behalf of a state, of armed bands, groups, irregulars, and mercenaries, which carry out the act of the armed forces against another state. The acts of aggression could only apply to states, excluding non-state organizations, terrorist groups, except those organizations have become the agent or tools of a state. In this situation, the responsibility of the aggressive act could be attributed to the state. Crime of aggression means planning, preparation, initiation, or execution by a person in a position effectively to exercise control over or to direct the political or military action of a state, of an act of aggression, which by its character, gravity, and scale constitutes the manifest violation of the Charter of the United Nations. It is clear that the crime of aggression only addresses the responsibility of a person who are at a leadership position of a state. So it is impossible for a foot soldier to commit the crime of aggression. Article 25.3 piece of the Rome Statute also reflects this position. Article 15b, paragraph 5, states that in respect of a state that is not a party to this statute, the court shall not exercise its jurisdiction over the crime of aggression when committed by that state and nationals or on its territory. This stipulation will lead to a very ironic result. One could imagine that those states which may or may be able to conduct the act of aggression will never join the Rome Statute. And those contracting parties to the Rome Statute, which may or may be able to wage an aggressive war, will never ratify the amendment on the crime of aggression. So to avoid the jurisdiction of the ICC. As a result, the crime of aggression in the Rome Statute could only apply to those states which may not or not be able to conduct the act of aggression. So if the international community would like to address the crime of aggression committed by a person of a non-contracting party to the Rome Statute, another international criminal tribunal specialized in dealing with the crime of aggression has to be established. In sum, the codification of the crime of aggression in the Rome Statute, serving as a deterrent to the possible aggressive act, has set up a good model for the future international criminal tribunals with the jurisdiction over the crime of aggression. This is a big leap forward towards the ending of impunity. Thank you.